0: Welcome to Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and about women with chronic illness, autoimmune diseases, and invisible disabilities. Here we share resources, accountability, knowledge, and caring for each other in a way that brings hope to those who have felt a lack of value and worth due to the stigma and gaslighting around their illnesses.
1: Mm -hmm. There we go. Hello, everybody. I am Nancy, the founder and president of Invisible Lawyers. One out of every two adult Americans lives with at least one chronic illness, often called an invisible illness. The disability community is the largest minority in the world, yet instead of feeling inclusive and wrapped in camaraderie, most of us feel alone, unvalued, and unworthy. We need doctors who understand us and colleagues and family members who believe us when we tell them something about our health. Just knowing the simple fact that we are not alone and still have much to offer can be life-changing. In this podcast, we share tips and strategies, knowledge and support, in other words, hope for those who are looking for resources to help them maintain a thriving, successful life. Do you have a chronic illness? Well, here at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, we have conversations that share the tools and mindsets others use to make our lives better. It is always good to know that there are others out there that have dealt with similar challenges and our guest today is going to share with us her history and what she's learned along the way. Welcome, Lori Sykes. Thank you so
2: much for having me. I'm thrilled to
1: be here. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to learn from the Zen Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tell us a yes. little bit about who you are, what Zen Rabbit means, and how
2: we got together. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll start with the how we got together part, which was that you found me on Donnie Bovine's podcast, Growth Mode. You listened to my episode with him where I challenged him a little bit on the whole uh, using meditation and what meditation is, which is something that you and I will get into in this conversation and, and something about that piqued your interest and you reached out to me and I'm so happy that you did. Yeah. I, I started my, um, my business journey in 2003, I was making and marketing a product called the gratitude cookie based on a family recipe Interesting. and yeah. And was making these gratitude cookies as a way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and to people who sent them referrals. Couldn't quite scale that business the way I would have liked. So I shut it down after 11 years and then started teaching networking strategies. How do you walk into a room full of people that you don't know and start conversations and feel comfortable making the connections that you need to make, whether that's for your business or for your personal life? And then, most importantly, from networking, how do you manage the follow up and build those relationships after? the event, which is where most people fall down. So I was doing that, ramping up that business, and then pandemic came along and no one was going to any events. So I, as luck would have it, was asked to talk about gratitude. Somebody invited me to do a virtual presentation on gratitude. And that kind of brought me back into that whole world of of talking about gratitude and the science and the research and behind it and how it works and how how it affects our our physical and mental and emotional health.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think that's that's so true and um everybody I talk to, I I share that a little bit of of me with them because anytime I talk to anyone, you know, I I tell a little bit about my story and I say I was in a really bad hit and car accident 9 years ago. I went from being a very active, very you know, vital person to sitting in a wheelchair, not being able to do anything. And and everybody would go, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I feel so bad. And no, don't. Because if I had not had that experience, and everything that's gone since it, I would not be where I am today. I would not be running a very, very powerful organization for women with chronic and autoimmune diseases. And God puts you where he wants you to be. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a mindset. It is a gratitude. I, you know, it's perfectly fine. And every day, I probably take five or 10 minutes to want to punch a hole in the wall when I think about what happened and the doctors and everything. But then I start counting my blessings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important.
2: Joy and gratitude is a choice. You get to choose how you would like to feel each day and set your intention in the morning. And that I want to be very clear when I talk about this as a choice and becoming a more grateful person and using the, the tools and techniques that we may get into. This is not toxic positivity. This is not put on a happy face and everything's cool. Just be happy. It, this is feel all your emotions. Like you just said, some, you spend five minutes wanting to punch a wall, do that. You have to feel all of those emotions because if you're holding them inside, that's just, that's more toxic. So feel the emotions work through them. And at the same time, find the gratitude.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's really I, I do think that's important. It's just if we do have this toxic gratitude where, oh, you know, where we become the Stepford wives, mm-hmm. and if anybody even still remembers that, <laughs> from- yes. <laughs> you know, and that's not a good for us either. We have to, uh, somebody I was talking with on the show the other day was talking about emotions and how you have to feel all of the different emotions in order to be the healthiest that you can be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I host a podcast called fine is a four letter word. And a lot of the guests I've talked to, I st- always start by asking them the values and beliefs that they were raised with. And a lot, a lot of them talk about how they were raised to not have emotions. They didn't even know emotions were a thing. Like their family didn't talk about them or they didn't allow them. It was just stuff it down and move on. And that's so unhealthy.
1: When, when I was getting my um, undergraduate degree, I had to write a thesis And I actually went to um, ACT, which is in New Jersey, and it's where they, I don't think they even do the the tests for college anymore, but at that time, they had this huge, big research center, and the the thesis that I was writing was how uh, words and actions create the person that you are when you grow up. Mm. And and it was fascinating because what I was doing was they the the team had gone into all of these homes across the United States and set up video cameras and they filmed the families eating dinner, and and then I coded for for different things. But what I was looking for were, "Mommy, I don't want to eat these peas. They're yucky." eat your peas, you know, or, well, darling, you need to eat your peas because, and just, just, or just keep on eating, you know, and all these different ways of talking to the children about what they were eating. And then they went back 25 years later and saw and interviewed the kids that were now grownups And the the kids that were told just eat your peas or whatever it was had no emotions whatsoever. Mm. You know, they were just, they just did what they were told. And then the ones that got the, the, well, this is why we want to eat them. They really had more ways of, well, I'm really appreciative that we had peas on our table to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's amazing what things occur in our lives that we bond with and become, you know, involved in and how those affect us as we grow and change and, and all of that. It's fascinating.
2: It really is fascinating. That's exactly the word that was in my head as you were just talking about that research. Fascinating. Yeah. 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 So- Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, and then once you become an adult and you, a lot of people will look back and blame their upbringing for how they are, except once you become an adult, now it's your responsibility to manage yourself and to grow into the person that you would prefer to be.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a lot, we're, we're getting more political and I don't usually do that, but I think that's a lot of what's wrong with our society today is that these kids grow up thinking, you know, well, I need to get a participation award and, and all of these things. And then when they become adults, it's like, well, you know, what's happened? I'm not getting all of the stuff that I got and I'm just going to cause a ruckus over
2: it. There's a, there, that's a whole other can of worms. And I don't even consider that political. That's just a societal thing, but yes, let's go (laughs) (laughs)
1: where we were before about the whole
2: yeah Yeah. the the becoming great more grateful this is something that can you can teach yourself how to be more naturally grateful because a lot of people say well I'm that's just not who I am or that's not how I am and again you can become you can teach yourself to become more naturally grateful I can share a story with you about how Please. this happened for me. Okay, so I mentioned in in my intro part of the things that I was running this business, the gratitude cookies, and the irony of it was that I was not a very grateful person when I started that business because I was much more focused on what wasn't working, what was going wrong that day, you know, what was the problem. And one of my mentors and friends, Paul, said to me, "I'm I'm challenging you to read the book, The Science of Getting Rich, chapter seven he, he challenged me to read chapter seven, which is on gratitude. It's, uh, to read it 30 for 30 days, once in the morning and once at night, it's about four pages long, depending on which version you have and how you print it out, what, what size the pages are. And I said, all right, Paul, I'm up for that challenge. And so I did it 40, 30 days, every twice a day. And at the end of 30 days, what do you think happened at the
1: end of 30 days, Nancy? I would guess that you were much more positive.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's interesting because nothing actually happened. Really, (laughs) There was no noticeable difference. I mean, nothing that was particularly noticeable. When I tell this story, when I'm speaking on stages, I usually say at the end of 30 days, the editor from Oprah's magazine, her favorite thing section called and wanted to put the gratitude cookies in oprah's favorite things and everybody goes what that's awesome yeah that that didn't happen and then everybody's like oh but what really happened
1: i love it i love it i like to play
2: with people really what happened was a few months later i was driving home from a friend's house and it funny enough was thanksgiving evening driving up i-95 it was about 90 miles almost home and smoke started pouring out of the front of my car. And I managed to pull off to the side to off the first exit and roll into this gas station that was right there and call my um, tow truck company to auto, auto, whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> know, roadside roadside assistance. Uh, yeah. And while I was sitting there with my husband at the time, Instead of going into a rant, which is normally what I would have done, like, I can't believe this is happening. This this is terrible, like hair on fire rant. Instead, I immediately went to gratitude and thought, thank goodness we were able to get off the highway safely. And thank goodness we uh, have a safe place to sit here. And thank goodness the tow truck driver is coming to get us at 1130 on a holiday night. And thank goodness we're only five miles from home and that is where i notice the difference
1: interesting interesting mm-hmm. and and i try every day to find different things mm-hmm. to be grateful for and i notice as i do that that more and more things come to me
2: yes because you will always find what you're looking for if you're looking for things to be grateful for you will find them if you're looking for things to complain about and criticize you will find plenty of those too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. No. Well, I was just going to say, it's really interesting because in one of our programs with Invisible Lawyers, we have a monthly group where all these women get together and can talk about what's going on in their lives, their, you know, their illnesses, different things like that. And I say right up front in the, in the marketing of it, this is a place where you're more than welcome to bring a glass of wine, but there's no whining. Oh, (laughs) yes.
2: Nice. Very nice. Yeah.
1: you know, so many of these, uh, and it's and it's easy when you're sick, when you're hurting, when you've got doctors who are telling you there's nothing wrong with you, when you've got family members who say, "Oh, come on, you're just being lazy." It's really easy to look at the negatives.
2: Mm-hmm. For
1: sure, yeah. But I keep stressing that as long as you look at those negatives and don't look at the positives, you're never going to feel better.
2: Mm-hmm. You right. Know? Right. A hundred percent. And the other thing about a lot of people who talk about gratitude talk about using having a gratitude journal and, you know, putting the things, you know, going to bed every night before you go to bed, putting five things you're grateful for. And, I'm not a big proponent of that. I think if, if you love doing it, yes, keep doing it at the same time for a lot of people, it just becomes a habit of they put down the same and a chore. Exactly. I was going to say that it's just another thing on the to-do list and you never want gratitude to become a chore. That's crazy. (laughs) Like, yeah, I got to do my gratitude journal today.
1: One and of the I, buy, I buy these journals, yeah. at the beginning of the year, every year it's didn't down there on the floor right
2: opened. right unopened <laughs> uh-huh i i I'm guilty of doing the same at the same time, if that's something that you would like to get into doing is it recognizing and finding more gratitude? One of the really cool um opportunities that I like to look at is looking back at your day and going what happened today that I can be grateful for? And that knocks you out of the, oh, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my home. You know, like the the same things over and over. But what happened today? Did someone hold the door open for you? Did you find a penny on the ground? What can you be grateful for that happened that day? And then as you're remembering it, remember that sense that mo- even if it was a momentarily momentary sense of joy, <gasps> thank you. Oh, look, I found this. Oh, like that moment, that feeling that's what gratitude feels like. Cause sometimes people don't understand what does gratitude actually feel like?
1: Because I the power goosebumps. is in the feeling. Yeah. yeah. I get goosebumps. I get, I get chills. I get, you know, and it doesn't have to be. Big
0: things.
1: Yeah. Yesterday, I was I was thankful I got a text message from my husband who had gone to a meeting. And at first, the text message is big accident on the road that he was on. And I'm like, mm. Oh my goodness! Oh, 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 you know. And then I got a then I got a message from him. It wasn't me. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah. But then I get a text from him later that says I'm on my way home and I'm. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's it, yeah, the difference in those two things that have happened. And the I'm on my way home was actually a much bigger sense of gratitude in mm-hmm. many ways than it was, you know, I wasn't in this accident, although mm-hmm. I feel terrible for whoever was.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. One of the things that I do and that I tell my Clients to do often is because i i do like the sense of writing things down i think that has more of an impression on our brain and,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: our bodies but what i tell them to do is get a pack of sticky notes and write three things down on three separate sticky notes every night that happened that you've been grateful for and stick them on a mirror in your bathroom or in your bedroom or someplace where you can look at them and and I love your vision board but I have vision boards that are nothing but sticky notes yeah of all these gratitudes that I've had over the last year and then in, in January I take them all down and look mm-hmm. at them and read them again so that I've had the ability to write them down. I've had the ability to see them every single day year, mm-hmm. and man, that is powerful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We need reminders because we are, I think genet- genetically or evolutionarily programmed to look for danger and for, to look for n- things that could harm us. And so it's a matter of retraining yourself or training yourself in the first place, rewiring your brain to see the good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about the meditation. How does Mm -hmm. that, um, I wish I could meditate my brain doesn't shut up long enough for me to sit there and zone out. You know, every time I try to read anything about meditation, it says you have to sit in perfect silence. And I'm going, well, that's not ever going to (laughs) happen. Yeah.
2: Right. So I love that you brought this up and that you mentioned that because I am, I teach meditation and I, I create I have a gratitude meditation actually that I would love to have anybody who's listening and would like to get it. It's a free gratitude meditation and you can come to my website and get it and we can put the link. Maybe we'll we'll put put it in the show notes.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, So I create this gratitude meditation, but I also love busting the myths and misconceptions about what meditation is because you clearly have gotten the message that it's sitting silently for who knows how long and trying to clear all the thoughts in your head. And to me, that's not, that's not, that could be a form of meditation, but most people cannot do that. And that is not required for meditation. It's not required. So one, you can walk, you can do a walking meditation. You could do a a lying down meditation. You don't have to be sitting is my point. You can do meditate in whatever form you would like. Second, no, it doesn't have to be in silence. You could have background. There's plenty of meditation and healing frequency music. If you're not familiar with healing frequencies, do a little research on that because they are extremely powerful and guided meditations. I've been doing meditation for years. I actually learned how to meditate when I was 10. My mom took my brother and me to a course that's now known as the Silva method when I was 10, but then I didn't practice it for a million years. So yeah. <laughs> But guided meditations are fantastic because anytime you find your mind wandering, you can bring it back to the sound of the meditation teacher's voice and pick up wherever you left off. And speaking of bringing your mind back, that is actually part of meditation is your mind is going to wander and the bringing it back is an essential part of meditation. It's not a distraction. It doesn't mean you're you're bad at it. It is. This is the part that people don't realize. It's that bringing it back. That's what that's what makes meditation a practice.
1: Interesting. Yeah, because every time I try to do it, and I just go off into yeah Disney yeah, we, World somewhere. We right? all do. You know, we all well, do. Well, I failed. I'm stopped. no,
2: no, no, no. You didn't fail. This is the thing. And the the more you practice it the better, the the maybe the longer you can go in between, the mind will wander away maybe every three seconds when you start. And then maybe it's every 10 seconds and then maybe it's every 15 seconds. But actually it's so interesting that I recently learned this from Dr. Huberman has a, a podcast called Huberman Labs. And he was talking about meditation and how that practice of bringing your mind back, refocusing, 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 Every time it wanders away, that practice makes you better at focusing when you are outside of a meditation, when you're working on a project, when you're, you know, doing anything that requires focus, that you're not in a meditation, that makes you better at it.
1: I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's interesting because yeah, <laughs> of course, I another thing that that people tend to do that I think doesn't work real well is, is trying to do six things at once.
2: Oh yeah. Don't even get me started. We are not designed that people think they can hack that. I can hack my brain and do even two things at a time. But our brain is physically not able to do it. You are, you think you're doing it, but your brain is is invisibly switching back and forth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. You know, it's just like I'll try. I'll have the TV on in the background for noise, and I'm mm-hmm. working on the computer and all this, and I go, "What?" You know. Yep. And then Oh, okay. Well, then I'm back to working again, and what? You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <And it's>, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work well. <laughs> no. And I am
2: just finishing reading a book called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, H A R I. He's a uh, New York Times bestseller, bestselling author. And he t- he talks about how we are so distracted and what we can do to regain our attention or regain our focus and attention.
1: So meditation sounds like it's a really good way to start. It is. Working. It is
2: one. Yes, it is one way. And the other thing I was going to say about having a lot of energy in your body and not feeling like you can sit still.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh I often recommend that people put on their favorite hype song, whatever song charges them up mm-hmm. and dance if you can't physically like move your body in whatever way you can. Mm-hmm and for the length of that song and get that energy out and then sit or stand or whatever, you know, lie down, however, you're going to do your meditation and close your eyes. I like that. see if that see if getting some of that energy out first physically can help you sit and meditation does not need to be fit, you know, an hour or even half an hour. Again, Dr. Huberman talks about the research that he's done that three minutes a day has benefit.
1: Interesting, very, very. Can you
2: sit for three minutes a day and focus on your breathing and breathing in deeply all the way down to your abdomen, if you can, and breathing out for three minutes?
1: That will have a
2: profound effect.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. T- anybody and everybody out there, can do this and have value from it. How can someone who's got, like for me, the deep breathing is gonna kill me. I can't do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how do people who have these invisible disabilities start some of these practices? Because I think they're gonna be extremely important for us. Mm-hmm. but how do we how do we start doing them
2: yeah so i said breathe in as deeply as you can if you can you can still you're still breathing <laughs> you
1: still go know. through right <laughs>
2: right so so can you spend 3 minutes focused on your breathing yeah. just focused on feeling air coming in and going out it doesn't have to be super deep breath if you can great and if not that's okay just focus on that that feeling of air coming in and going out. Or another way to do this is uh perhaps lighting a candle or it doesn't even have to be that you could look outside, focus on something that you're seeing outside in nature and just focus on looking at every detail Ooh. and noticing it. And if and maybe you go outside, physically go outside, or even if you can't go outside, have a window open, what are you hearing? focus on the sounds you're hearing and even if it's not nature you live in a city focus on the sounds you're hearing and focus on what are your eyes taking in visually what do you smell focus on those senses whichever senses you know if you don't even have all your senses use the ones that you do have and again like it's it's like honing in on uh Focusing in on uh, something specific, like like you're breathing, you're just focusing your attention. Mm-hmm. And I when you're that. doing that, you are somewhat clearing the thoughts in your head. You're focusing your attention on one thing: your senses, your your breathing, whatever it is. The a candle, if you're looking at the flickering of the light on a candle or a fireplace. I know we're getting into summer now, so nobody's got a fire. Well, depending on where you're living. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you're in Alaska, you may have. Okay. A- <laughs> All right. You know what? But you might have a fire pit or uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so I yeah. Know one of the things that I've I've done for years and it does, if I can't sleep at night, especially this does help and I will be laying there. And I'll have my eyes closed and I will breathe in and then I will watch through my Mm -hmm. eye, my internal eyes, that breath going through my body, you know, and going out my arms and out my fingertips and all the way around my body and down my legs and out my toes and the next thing I know, I wake up and it's hours later. So it does help.
2: So look at you, Nancy, you actually are meditating. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. Once I get into conversations with people and show them that some of these techniques that you're using could be considered meditation. Prayer is often considered a form of meditation. I love Wayne Dyer's quote that prayer is us talking to God and intuition is God talking to us.
1: Yeah, I think that's beautiful. We're doing a a survey right now through Invisible Lawyers that's asking women who have chronic and and autoimmune diseases a lot of different questions on different things. Nothing like this has been done before. And so we're really excited about getting the answers to all these. But one of the sections is, does religion slash spirituality have any part in your life and does it help mm-hmm. you and i think every single person i haven't looked at we've got we've gotten a lot of new um, surveys in, in the last couple of days that i haven't looked at yet but the last time i looked at them every single person said yes but they would they said different things depending on, uh, you know, it might be a walk in nature. It might be listening to music. It might be prayer. It might be, you know, going to church services. It's all of these different things, but they all said that they believed this was something in this area was an important aspect to them dealing with their illnesses.
2: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me because ultimately in my, my belief that this whole meditation, you know, what as a, as a overall term is really about getting quiet enough to hear your own inner voice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that totally. And and it's it's funny, I I am a Christian. I believe, you know, in, in certain things. And I do believe, I love the intuition and and talking to concept. And, and I tell everyone straight up, I was for a year and a half after my accident, I was a mess. I the only time I was able to get out of bed was to go to the doctors. Yeah, you know, I was non-weight-bearing. We lived in a basement. I couldn't, my husband kept threatening to put a, one of those plastic slides in <laughs> so that I can slide <laughs> down the stairs and a winch so that he could haul me up. Uh-huh. I couldn't get up and down the stairs. So I just laid in bed and felt sorry for myself and, mm-hmm. and just didn't want to be here, you know, for over a year. And I woke up one morning, and it was like I'd been given a uh, – people hear me say this, too. I don't know whether they know what that means. But if you watch NCIS on TV, you know Gibbs. And Gibbs was famous for Gibbs slaps, which is a slap on the back of the head to kind of wake you up, right? And I really felt like I had gotten this Gibbs slap saying – you know, and there's this voice telling me, get up off your but, you know, you're not dying from this. Your life has changed. It's different. But count your blessings. Look at what you still have. Look at the things that you can do. You now have the ability to help other people who are in the situation you're in get out of it. Get up and get going. You know? Yeah. If I hadn't had that moment, we wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. not in this type of, you know, arena and doing these kinds of things. So, uh, you know, I think this all, and if I hadn't been able to listen to myself and listen to what's going on, I wouldn't have heard that. I wouldn't have pulled that together. So whether it was just me, whether it really was, you know, uh, uh, something, somebody talking to me, I don't know, but because I was able to get into myself and go, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Nine years later, here we are, you know?
2: Right, right. It's about allowing yourself this space to get, as I said, get quiet enough and to, you know, meditation has immediate benefits because it will immediately change your physiology and increase the the feel good chemicals in your brain and reduce cortisol which is a stress hormone so you will feel immediate benefits from doing 3 minutes or 5 minutes and it has long term benefits as well so it it's a it's a double Double whammy uh, in a good way. Uh, I, I, <laughs> it's not it. going to. Ta- my, my point is, it's not going to take you. You don't have to be meditating for twenty years in order to start seeing
1: benefits. You will start seeing them right away. Cool, I love it, and I, I am sure that. Thank you so much for offering that that program on your website. I'm sure people will take advantage of it. We are running out of time. So I do have to say thank you so much for all of the wonderful information that we've had today. Is there anything specifically going on for you that you want the audience to know about, or is there something that we haven't talked about that you got to share?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, I just really would like to emphasize that whole idea that that it is um, that this is accessible in however you can access it. Like there is no wrong way to do this and you are not bad at meditation. <laughs> and the I'm glad gratitude, to know that. <laughs> you know what? Let me throw out this great gratitude exercise as a, as a takeaway. It's whenever you find yourself complaining or criticizing because we're human and we will catch yourself and say, but I'm grateful for. I love it. And see how it changes your, immediately changes your perspective.
1: I absolutely love that. That's something that I will do regularly. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. Yes. Thank you for being here. Um, it's been another incredible podcast. I've learned so much. I've learned I'm not a bad meditation person. <laughs> and I'm going to start trying to to do it on a more regular basis because my head hurts. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get some of the crap out of there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I'm glad you tuned in today. If you have any questions or want to talk with Lori more, her information will be on the show notes at the bottom of the podcast. You have been listening to Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. If you haven't already, please give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. And don't forget you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. To wrap things up, often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do here at Invisible Lawyers. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact information is also on the show notes. And right now we are working on creating a benefit concert that we are having both live and live streamed. On June 3rd, we're going to have all kinds of music. There's going to be vendors. There's going to be a silent auction. It's really going to be an exciting time. And so we'd love to have people come and hang out with us. And you can find all of that information at my website, which is H-T-T-P colon forward slash forward slash invisible And thank you again, everyone, for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, y'all.
0: That's it for today, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Today's podcast has been brought to you by the Invisible Warriors Club, a program of invisible warriors. They see how hard life is for these women and hate that the world doesn't seem to understand that these diseases slash disabilities are serious, life-changing challenges which bring about poor medical treatment high and unrealistic medical bills, lack of ability to sustain working conditions and loss of family cohesiveness. Through advocacy and programs, this organization extends an nurturing hand, fostering both awareness in the community and individual growth amidst adversities. Join them by heading over to the Invisible Warriors website for more information on how to join the club.